Hello, this is Sarah Marinko, president of the Cream Lake Bar Club. Today we are discussing the APA process that Cream Lake Bar Club has undertaken to apply for acceptance by the Standards Committee of APA with Kathleen Penley, um, club treasurer and draft SOP committee member. At the end of this interview, we would love to welcome any members who are listening to ask Kathleen any questions that you might have about what she's discussing. So thank you today. Um, thank you, Kathleen, for joining us today. Can you start off by telling us uh, just a little bit about the APA approval process? Sure, and all of this can be found um, on the APA site as well. Um, so basically, the APA process has a bunch of steps for new breeds. That's what we're doing um, to start off with. And it has to include a petition that's sent to the secretary of the APA. That has to include a history of the breed, the breeding background, facts of educational nature. All of that is actually preserved with the APA in their um, records so that it's never lost. So in the future, people can go back and learn about different breeds. You have to include the proposed name of your breed with a standard for shape, color, and weight. And it has to be written in the same style and format as accepted breeds and varieties already published in the standard of perfection. You need to assign your copyright to the APA. You need to have um, a proposed standard that has at least three differences from other breeds. And you don't get to tell them about those. They have to see it and identify it, um, they being the standards committee of the APA. You also need to have affidavits from five or more breeders who are at least 18 years old and have been members of the APA for five years. And basically, this affidavit state that you've been breeding birds for five years and have had at least 50% reasonably looking like your standard. Um, they don't have to be perfect. No one really ex expects perfection, even though we have a standard of perfection. But they need to look like the standard. Um, you also need to have certificates showing that four cocks, hens, cockerels, and pullets have been shown in each of the two years prior to your packet. And that was where we had a bit of contention. Um, they decided they wanted our packet before we technically did that, but we did attend shows, so we did make that point. Um, you also have to have a deposit to defray the printing costs, which we have already paid. And then once accepted, the standards committee um, names two qualifying meets. Um, they're usually pretty big, either regional or national meets, one, is one of each, actually. They're held one year apart, and they're judged by APA judges. And at each meet, you have to have at least 50 birds by at least five APA member exhibitors, um, at least at that time. They don't have to have been members of the APA for five years, but they do need to be members of the APA at that time. And you need to have as close to equal numbers as possible of cocks, hens, cockerels, and pullets. They don't want... 20 hens, 20 pullets, 8 cockerels, and 2 cocks. They want you know, as many as possible of each. Um, all exhibitors need to be APA members at that time. And then, of course, they need to be reasonable. The birds need to be reasonable examples of your breed. Once the standards committee is satisfied that you've met all the requirements, they then send your breed information to the board of directors for a vote of acceptance. Um, and if they vote um, in your favor, then you have a new breed. If they do not vote in your favor, then you have to schedule another meet and you have to pay additional fees. And we don't really know what those are at this time because we haven't come to that point yet. Um, but I'm sure they would let us know. Let's see. 
I guess that's those are the steps. Great. To have a new yeah. breed accepted. Wonderful. And can you tell us about like who else is involved in this process when we go through this? I know that you serve as the person as far as the cream labor club that does the outreach with the APA. Who else is involved in that process? So you have of your original people who signed the affidavits. Um, of those five, you have to have one person who's a representative. So that's what that's my role. And then I, of course, lead um, the standards committee for the Cream Leg Bar Club. And we we should, in an ideal situation, we would be in contact with the standards committee with the APA. And that has not gone so well the past couple of years. Um, between COVID and just life situations, there's been a, a drop in contact. But this year, our goal is to kind of renew that again. Um, in, inside of our own club, the committee deals with the standards committee deals with changes with um, problems that we come up with with questions that come from the APA. We try to to figure those out, and then we pre we've presented them to the club for votes at different times. Um, from the APA side, it's pretty much whoever is their current uh, either member or head of their standards committee. At some point, though, when we get to our shows, we're going to need as many members as possible to bring birds who are also APA members. I agree. And that um, is something that we have discussed many times within the club, just knowing that when we're at that process, how we need to have people involved at the regional shows, at the national shows that are picked. Um, and one of the important things to note here that you brought up earlier was that these individuals not only have to be part of the club, but they also have to have been members of APA for how long, Kathleen? So we've already sent in our affidavit. That part is done. Um, we all needed to be members of the APA for five years prior to filling out those affidavits and sending them in. But that part has already been met. We've sent in our packet. We have paid our fees. We are in a difficult part that they don't include in the list, which is when they approve your standard. <laughs> um, so that's where we are right now. Once they approve our standard, then we will get, I think, we will get our two qualifying shows. All right. Thank you. And how, when going about this, um, I imagine that there were probably individuals that served as mentors or helped um, either from the APA themselves or other individuals that helped you navigate this part of the process or the process itself. Um, were there people that really stand out to you that helped mentor that for you? Our number one mentor was Walt Leonard. He was with us from 2012 on Backyard Chickens. He helped encourage us. He was um, the one who got us on track. We actually had a large group of people work on a standard on backyard chickens. And he had the gut and the kind heart to come tell us that it wasn't going to work <laughs> because our language did not look anything like the APA standard of perfection. So we had to do things like buy the standard of perfection so we could learn what it sounded like and what it looked like and where you put commas and colons and you know <laughs> there's a whole language to that book that you have to 
copy. Um, and so it was wonderful. He walked us through everything like that. He, he showed us where there were some problems um, in the breed, uh, where there were some unthrifty things. And while the APA is, has a great, they put a great importance on what a bird looks like, they also really have a lot of importance on how healthy a bird is. So while the British standard had um, a wedge-shaped description of the body of our bird, they told us to loosen that up a little bit because it's just not thrifty to have a tail that's pinched. Um, you won't have as high of egg production and things like that. So we actually got to learn a little bit about anatomy. Um, and for some of the scientists in our club, that they may think that's funny. But for some of us, I didn't know much about a chicken other than, you know, what parts we ate. Um, so it was a great learning experience to go through that. Um, he also went to England and got to see the birds there. And um, they're actually not very different from ours. They've already picked up on the things like wider tails and wider feathers and, and the tails to have a greater fan just because they discovered it was healthier as well. But uh, he got to talk to them about what is the color cream, um, which they said was very pale yellow, which really didn't help us a whole lot. But it was great to say he had a chance to go see more birds and see where they came from and get a little bit more history and um, just even talk to other judges, you know, from Great Britain. So he's, he's definitely, here. he was our number one mentor, and losing him was very difficult for us. It sounds like he was very dedicated to also learning a lot about the breed itself. Yes. Yes. Uh, I think he is truly, or he was truly a gentleman that never stopped learning. And that's kind of a good encouragement to us all. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that it sounds like from what you have said on numerous occasions, as well as what Jane Johnson has said on numerous occasions, that she really did go above and beyond to serve in that role and to provide guidance. Um, and it sounds like a lot of the guidance he was able to provide really was valuable in getting this really to a point where we are today. Yes, definitely. Um, I, wish, I wish that he could have seen us get accepted, but that's okay. I agree. Um, you talked a little bit just now about the European standards. Can you tell us a little bit more um, about conformity between APA and the existing European standards for the leg bars? Sure. Um, Walt actually encouraged us in the very beginning to use different words, but to paint the same word picture as what the European standard said, at least mostly. Um, so the European standards, or it's actually, instead of a European standard, it's actually the Poultry Club of Great Britain um, that puts out their standard. And it's very, um, it's written almost in prose. It's descriptions. It does have a lot of color and shape and um, different descriptions, but they're not line item descriptions like we have in the APA. So it's more of just a few paragraphs. And then you read it, and you get a picture in your head, and you go with it. Um, the APA is part, body part, and line item down to feathers to fluff. Um, it's very, very detailed, extremely detailed. And the idea is to give the judge a perfect picture in their head of what they're looking for. So the British standard is a little more general. APA is very, very detailed. 
that's helpful to hear about, especially those of us that know certainly that uh, that we do mirror a lot of things between the two, but also what are some things that maybe we learned um, in looking at that and working with Walt along the way has certainly opened our eyes to other things we might want to include in our own standards. Sure. Well, even things like stipling, which I didn't even know existed, um, the, the you know little lines that go through the feathers. He told us that if we go ahead and put that right in the standard, we'll never be docked points for it. Um, so there are little things like that that weren't part of the original standard or our first version, but he just told us to go ahead and put it in because we checked over a thousand pictures of birds and they all had it. So you might as well not lose points for something they all have. <laughs> That's fascinating. <laughs> right, it does make sense. If it's something that we know we have to deal with, then you don't want to have it set up where people would be deducted points, especially if it's something like that that catches people's eye and they be more likely to focus on that if it's not something that is already part of um, it. It does it lays it out in the standard. Certainly. And then we also discovered a mistake. You brought that up the other day, um, that the primaries and secondary descriptions were switched um, in the original British standard. So we had the opportunity to fix that. And again, um, I'm, it might have not been a thousand, but there were hundreds and hundreds of birds that we checked to make sure that we were correct, that the descriptions were switched. And so we fixed that. That's very interesting too. Do you know if um, the if the British standard ever was informed that it was? Um, they were informed. They were informed. They told us they would take it under advisement. As far as I know, they have not done anything, and that is that is their choice. <laughs> if if they want to keep the standard the same, uh, I think it was very first printed in 1947. So it's been a long time. That was just in an auto sexing annual. Is accepted in 1958 and to their standard. So that's a very long time to have a standard. <laughs> and if it hasn't bothered them to be incorrect this whole time, I don't know that we can do anything to help them, but we did let them know. That is very true. Um, one last question I have for you, and then we'll head into questions if people have questions. Sure. All right, moving forward, what do you think um, our timeline looks like? What do you think that we really um, still need to focus on in moving forward to get this approved. As many people ask all the time about when it will be approved, and we do keep them updated on our progress. And certainly, we know that there are some challenges with it, with outside of our control. But what do you think is within our control that can help us move forward at this time with APA approval? So the two things that will help us the most would be reestablishing our connection with the APA and having a person who has enough interest um, to keep communication going. That's difficult in good times, and this year has been difficult this past year. So just reestablishing that connection will be very important. Um, and then, of course, meeting the expectations of the APA. Our standard, while decently written, um, <laughs> I can say that. Um, it has some variations in it, and the APA does not accept variations, not in one variety. That's why they have varieties. Um, they really want 
your description to represent one bird. They don't want from this shade to this shade. Um, they just want it to be the ideal bird. They know not every bird will meet that. Even the birds that win may not meet it completely, but it's just it's a one word picture of a, the perfect bird. And so we kind of need to go back in our standard and make it reflect that a little bit more without all of the detail that we put in when we misunderstood them about um, deductions and things like that. Our standard got a little too complicated and the judges were getting worried about remembering all these little tiny details that we put in, tiny deductions for this and that. And um, they just they wanted a little simpler and a little bit more straightforward. And then I think they will be finally be happy with it. At that point, it's in their hands. You know, we don't get to choose our qualifying meets. So that's totally in their hands. They set them. They get. They should give us some time um, to get people there and to prepare. But other than that. Um, it still be in their hands. So at that point, it should be about two more years. Once they accept our standard, it should be about two more years of the two shows, and then hopefully we will be done. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kathleen, for providing mm -hmm. that overview and you sharing your depth of knowledge in this area um, has been very enlightening to myself, um, and I'm sure it will be to our other members. We do still have um, some individuals that are on the phone that I will allow to ask questions at this time if you have questions about what Kathleen touched on today, or if you have comments as well. All right, if we don't have any questions or comments, we'll just go ahead and move forward with closing out the podcast for today. So I do want to say, again, thank you to Kathleen for joining us, Kathleen Pentley, um, the club treasurer and the individual that has been working with our draft FOP um, for many years. Kathleen, how long have you been working with us? Um, nine years. Nine years. <laughs> thank you for all of your help and all your assistance. And thank you also for your information today that you provided. I think it will be really interesting to our members to not only learn about the process, but also learn about how we've been navigating the process from the beginning and what other things that we're hoping to do so that we can finish this process at at a certain point and get our birds um, accepted by the APA. So thank you for joining us today. I appreciate all of your what, everything that you shared. Oh, if I may say as a, as a word of encouragement, an encouragement, please just everyone breed the best bird you can. They don't have to be perfect, but just get them the healthiest and the just the best you can because we're going to need them, especially for our qualifying shows coming up. I think those are we some great. <laughs> I think those are some great final words, Kathleen, and thank you. And on that note, thank you to everyone that joined us today for the podcast. Have a wonderful day, and we hope to hear from you soon at our next podcast or any of our membership meetings.